I am not Jordan Green. So I, I could just sense there was people going, I thought you said he was young. No, I'm Jamie Green. I'm Jordan's dad. And I have the distinct privilege of serving this congregation, serving the Lord, and serving under my son, Pastor Jordan Green, a man that God has raised up for such a time as this, a man that God is using in such a powerful way to bring the Word of God to Denver, North Carolina. And I tell you what, I'm just happy to be a part of it. Aren't you? Amen. You know, obviously, we just finished the holidays. And I want to talk to you today about a subject that you might think, once we get into it, is just the exact opposite of really what you wanted to hear, what you wanted to deal with. But thinking about the holidays, and some of you know this, you deal with it, you go on. Do you know that in America, 46% of the people polled do not look forward to the holidays. There's various reasons for that. Either they're going to have to see family members they don't want to spend time with. Or they're stressed out for a lot of different reasons. It could be perhaps that you've lost a loved one. And this is going to be the first time having to deal with it at the holidays. There could be a lot of situations. You could be going through a divorce. You could recently go through a divorce. You have lost a job. And you're wondering, what does the new year hold for me? Do you know that the drug problem in this nation is horrendous? For young people, statistics will tell that a large portion of, of you right here, either you dealt with it or you have family members or close friends that dealt with an epidemic that is beyond our imagination. And sometimes dealing with that brings stresses and it brings anxieties. It brings us right up against a place sometimes that we just really don't know what to do. And that's the topic. That is a title of what I want to talk about today. When you don't know what to do. I don't know what your situation is and I don't know exactly where you're at. But I can guarantee you this. Either you have in your past or in the recent past, and if not in the future, you will come up against something that is beyond your ability and your strength to handle, even as a Christian, even as a follower of Christ. If you're here today and you do not know Jesus Christ, I hope that something is said during this message that is going to give you the answer that you've been searching for and you may not even realize it that is going to give you the answer that you desperately need, not just in this life for eternity. But Jesus himself said in John chapter 16, in this life, you will have trouble. In this life, you're going to deal with things that are extremely difficult. You're going to come right up to the very edge of your emotions and your strength and you may not know what to do past that point. But Jesus finished that verse by saying, Take heart, 
for I have overcome the world. What a hope. Take heart, for I have overcome the world. And I want to talk for a few minutes about a couple different people that we find in the Bible. And I'm going to begin with a story about Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat was a king of Judah. His story can be found in Chronicles, 2 Chronicles chapter 17 through 20. Jehoshaphat was probably a lot like us except the fact that he was a king. Now there may be a few in here. I don't know about it if there is. But other than that, Jehoshaphat, when you read the story, he was a lot like us. Subject to the same issues that we are subject to. So just a brief history and the story of Jehoshaphat his father, he reigned after his father's death because his father was the king also. So when Jehoshaphat took over, Jehoshaphat was a good man. He was a good king. He was a good king for Judah. He had conquered a lot of the bad people. He had fortified a lot of the cities of Judah. Most everybody and his neighbors respected him. A lot of people didn't want to go to battle with him. They would call on him when they had their needs for the existing or surrounding countries and surrounding peoples. He was good for Judah. Jehoshaphat was also a man similar to us in the ways in the earthen times and the situations when he perhaps, you know, made little mistakes along the way in judgment. If you read that, you'll find that in the Bible. But he was a good man. He loved the Lord. And he came across a situation that he didn't know what to do. There was a vast army that had traveled a long distance. And it was coming against Jehoshaphat. And in all his power and in all his mind and everything that he had, had fortified with, this was a formidable army said it was several groups of people, the Moabites, the Ammonites, and the Minuites. There may be some termites and parasites in there too, I'm not sure. But I think there was maybe some confusion that led to the Bible referring to him as having this fear. See, he had tried his best to to make good with all the people surround him. And this army, the Bible tells us, and the commentators point out that they, they had traveled for many miles across some of these other countries, and it seemed that they let them have passage. So Jehoshaphat probably sitting there scratching his head when he looked at this formidable army and going, hey, why didn't somebody tell me? Why didn't somebody send the messenger? Why didn't somebody let me know that these people are out to destroy me and all of Judah? You feel like that sometimes in your life? Sometimes you wonder what you're going through and you wonder where is the help? Where is the people? Why is anybody standing? You feel like you're all alone. But Jehoshaphat says something. He begins to pray and he says something at the end of that prayer. And it's where we get the title of this sermon today. Verse 12 of 2 Chronicles 12, 2 Chronicles 20, verse 12 says this. Oh, 
our God. Will you not execute judgment on them? For we are powerless against this great horde that is coming against us. We do not know what to do. We do not know what to do. But our eyes are on you. We don't know what to do. But our eyes are on you. The verse bears out a feeling that Jehoshaphat had. One of the scriptures says that in this he feared. And that fear that Jehoshaphat felt and showed is what I want to talk about and use a few other people in the Bible to describe. Because I think sometimes we may come right up against that. And we need to know how they handle that. So we'll look at a couple things. We do not know what to do. But our eyes are on you. There was three things that Jehoshaphat had done prior to coming against this situation. And I'm just going to briefly cover them. The Bible says that Jehoshaphat walked in the ways of his father David. That's in 2 Chronicles 17.3. The Lord was with Jehoshaphat because he walked in the earlier ways of his father David. See, he honored the original writings, the law, the word of God from the beginning. And in that, God honored him. The second thing in his life that he did, he boldly removed and abandoned all the practices that was contrary to God's law. Sometimes that's one of the most difficult things we find in our life after we come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ or as we're on this path, sometimes it, it, it's easy for us to find ourselves getting caught back up in our old life. Sometimes it's easy to allow some of those, those idols or those things that uh, used to control us to pop back up in our life. But this is something that Jehoshaphat was taking care of. It says he had the boldness and the courage to begin to remove those things. And in those days, they were graven images that they would set up. The third thing, he began to teach the people the word of God. 2 Chronicles 17, 7 through 9 says, In the third year of his reign, he sent his officials. And I'm not going to name all those folks, but they were Levites. They were preachers. They were teachers. And it said they went into all of Judah with the law in hand, the word of God in hand, and began to teach. So that's something else that we do when, when we really have God working in our life. We want to make sure that others know where we found the answers to life. We want to make sure others know where this joy comes from that is beyond our understanding, this peace that passes all understanding. We want others to know because we have found the answer and we want others to know that. And that's exactly how Jehoshaphat was. And when this crisis presented itself to Jehoshaphat, there's three things that he did right in the midst of this crisis. And I'm going to point those out to you as well. 
in 2 Chronicles 23a. This is where the Bible bears out that Jehoshaphat was afraid. Some of the translations use the word fear. And I'm going to cover that more throughout the rest of the message. The second thing he did, he sought the Lord. And he set his face to seek the Lord. Then he proclaimed a fast throughout all Judea. The Bible says that they all came together. Judah, women, children, men alike, all assembled themselves to set themselves humbly before the Lord to pray for his help in this time that none of them knew what to do. Fear, being afraid. It is unrealistic for us to think that we are going to be able to live this life and not have troubles. I don't know exactly where you're at, but I would imagine that in the course of the last while in your life, either you have come across sorrow, or you have had issues in your own life, or you afraid that you will soon. We talked about that at the beginning. We can't say enough about it. We're going to have trouble. Remember, that's what Jesus said. The difference is how we react to that fear and to that trouble. And I want to go to the New Testament, and it bears out three examples of dealing with this same type of a fear. 2 Corinthians 1, 8 through 9, Paul's writing, he says, For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction that we experienced while we were in Asia. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. But that was just to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. The words in there, the despair and burn beyond their strength is key. Now in Hebrews eleven seven, it reminds of us an Old Testament character. It says this, By faith Noah, warned of God, of things not yet seen, moved with fear to prepare an ark for the saving of his house. Moved with fear. Now Hebrews 5, 7. The writer of Hebrews in this particular verse covers Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane and gives us a deeper, stronger, more intimate look at Christ as he's praying to his Father. The Gospels bear out that he, he prayed and was, was almost sore. He was just... He prayed so hard at times one gospel says it, it is as he sweated drops of blood. We've heard this over the years if you grew up in church, the passion of Christ and the, the garden of Gethsemane prayer. The writer of Hebrews takes us just a little deeper and this is what he says in chapter 5 verse 7. Who in the days of his flesh, talking about Jesus when he became a man, when he offered up prayers 
and supplications with strong crying and tears to him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared. Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience for the things which he suffered. Now we find that Jehoshaphat was afraid. Paul was afraid. Noah showed fear, was afraid. And the Hebrews writer says that Jesus says he was found and that he was fearful. Now, I really have never thought about Jesus Christ ever in the same vein or sentence as being fearful. Different translations will have a different word for that. But I want you to understand what that means. In this verse, this could be translated as, as piety, which would be a reverent submission. It is a kindred verb to the word devout. What it means is that it's not terror and it's, it's not a rashness of fear that causes you to be rash. It's not a fear that causes cowardness. It is a fear that causes a cautious, submitted move toward God. It is a fear that in the times when you are not sure what to do, you're not going to run. You're not going to cower down. This fear says, my eyes are on you. In the times when you're up against something that you don't know what the answer is, you don't know what to do, this is where you may find yourself dealing with something that Jesus Christ himself had dealt with. You see, Jesus was 100% man, and he was 100% God, but he had never walked this path before. Paul, in all of his travels, had been stoned, and he had gone through shipwrecks. I don't know what all he dealt with, but in this particular instance, Paul was at a place where he said he despaired for his life. I don't know what was so different about that, but that's what the Bible says. Noah, it's going to rain. They never, never had rain before. What's rain? And did I hear something about you killing the whole world? Well, I need to get serious about building this thing, whatever it is. They experienced what some translations call fear, but it is not the debilitating fear. It is a fear that tells the child of God, I don't know what the next step is. I don't know what's around the next corner. I don't know how we're going to handle this loss. I don't know how we're going to make it financially. I don't know if I'm going to get another job. I'm not sure what to do. But God, I'm right here until you move. I'm right here until you show me the step to take. 
Paul said we despaired for our life, but we found out later it was just so that we would trust God with our lives. The one who could raise the dead. Noah found out how powerful God was. And it might have been scary in that ark, but that ark showed the power of God right in the middle of the flood. Amen? And Jesus himself, kneeling in the garden of Gethsemane, knowing this cup was just ahead of him, because he prayed that faithful prayer, if it possible, let this cup pass from me. I tell you, I, I felt like I've prayed a prayer similar to that, especially lately. You probably come across things in your life when you sit there and knelt by your bed or at church or somewhere in your prayer closet. And you didn't even know how to pray. You didn't even know what to say. But it would probably be something similar to that if it's possible. Let this pass. I am not ready to deal with this. I don't have the power. I don't know what to do. But Jesus said, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. See, Jesus knew God had the power to stop it. He had the power to raise him up if he had to go through it. Why is that so important for you and I today? In these situations that we come across, Jehoshaphat stood there that day not knowing what to do. And he prayed that prayer. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. God told him to take his army, take everybody, and go out to battle. But I'm going to tell you, that day, he didn't lift a sword. It was not his to fight that day. It was God. Some 3,000 years ago, David wrote in the Psalms, 146, it says, Don't put your trust in princes and sons of men whom there is no salvation. For when their breath departs, their plans come to an end. But he knew that there would be one come, son of man, son of God, whereby salvation could be found. In him, we can put our trust and we can put our faith. I remember one time, one particular time when Jordan was little. He must have been maybe three years old. Somewhere in that category. We lived in Tennessee at the time. And I was going to take him a walk way back in the woods. It was about. 1,500 acres of nothing but woods and forest behind where we lived at the time. 
So I thought, well, this is going to be good. He needs to see it. So Daddy sat out with his oldest son, and we had some creeks to cross. I had some hills to climb. There were some thickets we were going to navigate, and we spent quite a time out there. He was, I mean, from, from the word go, he was always a little trooper. He would, he would go. But when we crossed the creek, it was a little tough for him at that age, and so I picked him up and carried him. But he wanted to walk whenever he could. But as long as Daddy was right there, and as long as he had my hand, I'm telling you, he'd go anywhere. He'd do anything. And I thought about that. See, because the, the truth is, see, I had walked that same path many times before. I wouldn't have led him out there into danger. I wouldn't have put him in a situation where I knew that I wouldn't be able to handle it. He didn't know that, but just he knew me. Jesus, in the garden that night when he was praying, that was a path. He didn't want to have to walk down. But he walked down that path to the cross so that he could assure you, I've been there. I went down that path. I made it possible for you to cross. I made it possible for you to follow me. Just hold my hand. I'll be right there every step of the way. I'm not taking you anywhere that I haven't already gone. You're not going to feel any pain that I've not already felt. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome this world. When you are right up against that thing, and I don't know what that thing is in your life. When you're right up against it, I'm telling you the answer is Jesus Christ. It seems like a canned answer so many times. But I'm telling you, I wanted to point this out to you because it was something that I just, or I just grasped it. God just showed it to me. Several months ago, that verse about Jehoshaphat has been laying on my desk for almost two months now. And I would look at it every day, had it underlined. I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. I'm going to tell you what, that became apparent this past week. Some of my closest family looked at me in the eyes and said, I don't know what to do. How do you go on sometimes? Don't run. Don't hide. Don't cower down. Your Savior, Jesus Christ, has trod that same path. Wrap your arms around Him. Put your hand in His hand. He is the answer for anything and everything that you will face in this life. They're going to begin to worship. Go ahead and stand if you would.
I would encourage you today, if you don't know this man, Jesus Christ, I've talked about, I'm telling you, he's the answer. I'm telling you, that's what you need in your life today. If this holiday has been difficult for you, you can find the answer in Jesus Christ and you can find it right down here, knelt down, submitted to him in a, in a cautious, reverent, not afraid that makes you run. But you're submitted to him and you're going to move as he asks you to move. I would encourage you find Jesus in that moment because he is our only and our truest hope.